You're listening to the number one Oilers podcast, Handkerchief Dynasty. Two minutes for interference. So it's uh, it was a nice semi-cool night tonight, um, and I'm still feeling a bit uh, like a total fat fuck. So I'm trying to just walk a little bit more every day than I did bef- the day before. Mm-hmm. So I walked to I like walk. I took the the main route I normally take to Beeline to this place to buy some herb, right? And then mm-hmm. I leave there and I decide to kind of take this detour. Um, Fine. And right around the time I like texted you to see if you wanted to record, uh, you know, it was getting pretty dark. There were like, you know, people with campfires and, yeah, you know, yeah. I was hearing that song. People are strange in my head by nice. the doors. Cool. And nice I was just like, kind of, you know, I'm a little. It's kind of cold and scary here. I'm feeling like a little bit of an old man. I'm cold and there are wolves after me. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of like went the wrong way and got like all, ah. like all, all mixed up in this area down by like some docks. And wow. I was like, oh, man. and then I realized what had happened. I kept kind of walking, hoping the way I was going would lead to yeah, a way yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and then I saw, you know, I had to, I had to go down a grassy knoll to backtrack in the end. And then it was like 20 minutes home from there. But, <laughs> wow. Fun, you, fun had time. To, you had to walk over, is it over a grassy knoll? No, I had down, to walk down, down kind of a grassy knoll. There was, like, this little underpass to get, like... So I had to go under some railroad tracks, you wow. know? There were various, you know, various markings on the wall. That's awesome, man. The whole thing felt felt very pagan. It was quite cool, actually, you know? It's nice to be yeah. a little bit... But, like, when you're an old man and you're, like, you feel a little more vulnerable. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's nice to be at an age where it doesn't take much, I think. I'm glad. I'm glad for that more mm. exciting it's more exciting mm. i find mm. the smallest things thrill me to no end interesting well i mean speaking of the smallest things thrilling you to no end mm. this is of course the handkerchief dynasty podcast uh i'm the secret professor joined as always uh or most times and certainly at all times in uh, via the astroplane Um, the high priest of Oilers Magic. Hello. How are you doing, bro? Uh, not too bad. 
yeah. not too bad. Society collapsing over there? Or how's it how's it going over there? Uh, in fits and starts. Yeah, it seems like that here too. Yeah. I mean, America's burning, so. Yeah. We're but, kind of uh, like, the Oilers. It's nice were... to not have that, but. I know it's great. It's like, but the Oilers really. are coming back to town. Like, <laughs> it's, but like, how are we going to distract ourselves for the next two months while we wait for hockey to start back up? Just, just by doing this as much as possible. We'll just mm. do this as much as mm. possible. And it'll, well, eventually, and it'll eventually become this thing that's like uh, we'll establish just a really kind of um, like a self-preservation, a self-preserving routine where we'll just talk about the Oilers as much as we can until eventually all we talk about is the Oilers. And then like... Like all throughout throughout our entire life? Like we'll be yes. like that, that one guy and um, I love that movie The Dream Team. Where there's the one the one guy in the mental asylum who uh, only speaks in like baseball. Yeah. So he'll be like, "Hey, what a great day for a game, big <laughs> inning." You're out of here. Hey, he's up to bat. You know, we'll we'll eventually yeah. just be like that, but with the Oilers. Yeah, I that's think good. I, I, I think that's like a for retirement. That's a best case scenario right mm. now. Yeah, it's true. Sadly, that's really it's true. the position we're in. So uh, I think that should that's that's the plan. Did we talk about the article where there was like that interview with the Anaheim GM and he threw shade on Dallas Eakins? I have, I'm going to Dallas Eakins no. come up again later on. Um, no, we didn't. But uh, I mean, it's it sounded like kind of like half-hearted, kind of like you know, not not an endorsement nor like uh, you know like a signal he was going to fire him, but maybe like a little bit more of like an indictment, just like everyone had to do better, you know? Man, oh man, can you imagine if if you were a player of any sport? Of any yeah. kind at any point in history, uh, at any age, and Dallas Eakins was your coach. Like, yeah. damn man, that's like that's he's like he's like mini Babcock. That's kind of how I'm starting to think about him. Really? Well, I mean, he would he would have become a Babcock if he became a coach like 10, 15 years ago, and like somehow miraculously had success. How much? Do you... I guess he's he's like the anti Babcock because he's like Babcock if Babcock never never won anything really. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did you always hate Dallas Eakins like right Day off the one, top? moment one. I mean, we, we've gone over this before. I mean, I don't want to retread it too much. I don't think yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. No, from I the very we've... first from the very first interview I knew, I, know I was we've like, gone this, over is, this is about, trouble. About Mac T, we've gone over And it. Kevin Lowe, yeah. But huh. uh, no, it was the very first interview, and I just thought, I remember like watching him talk, and I thought to myself, I was like, this guy is like the most arrogant person I've seen on camera in like a while. And he seems like he'd make a really good like kamikaze pilot or um, like a serial killer or like kind of like you know say like a like a greasy like Wall Street so- sociopath or whatever like it's like just the way he talked the way he carried himself the the overconfidence the the kind of the cut of his jib his jib. You know what I remember most about Dallas Eakins? What left the biggest impression on me was his his haircut. His hair. Well, his haircut was kind of like the. It was emblematic of the rest of his personality. Yeah, it was like exactly. it was like his little like it was like his it was his as if a light motif was instead of a piece of music a, a haircut. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd you'd see him kind of like flick his hair back, and you'd be like, oh man, <laughs> this guy. I mean, really, what he'd make a, a great, a great, he'd make a great cop, like a psycho cop who like fucks with people and like power trips and stuff. 
Yeah. Now we've gone over this, you know, like we've talked about him like being okay. kind of like a shitty Al Pacino, uh, yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal type. I know. just, I don't, I don't think I knew that you hated him right off the hop. Well, I mean, I, to be honest, I should, I, I shouldn't act as though I don't really hate like pretty much all the coaches that came uh, in the last, like, let's say 15, 20 years before, yeah. like Tippett. A... Like that's why I love Tippett so much because Tippett is such a good coach and you can just tell he's also like, to me, my reading of him is that he's also a really good person. Yeah. And, you know, he's smart, he's committed, he works hard, he's, like, takes yeah. care of himself, you know, he, he seems, it seems as though he's not, he's not beyond, like, and he doesn't just fucking mix up the lines every five fucking seconds. Like, it's the first coach we've had ever that actually just, if, if players seem to play well together, he lets it roll for a while. And, like, yeah, you mix it up when you're having bad games and you're playing from behind and shit, but, yeah. like, compared to Mac T or Ken Hitchcock, it's like, you, like the the players must have just been so so confused by like you know it was like it seemed like a moments with Hitchcock and McTavish uh, in terms of the blender they were like moments away from like or uh, from telling a player to just play goal or something you know it's yeah. just like okay Everly get out there and play goal and uh, you know whoever the fuck was the goalie you know play center <laughs> it's, it's like they just this weird. It's funny because they were trying everything and throwing everything at the wall, but like even the, they weren't even throwing stuff at the wall long enough to see if anything stuck. Yeah. It was just, it was just, a, it was just this, uh, like this, you know, flurry obsession. This obsession. Okay, obsession. This, you know, being stuck in this, uh, in this pattern of just, you know, you're throwing the pasta on the wall, and like you never end up eating a bowl of pasta because <laughs> you've thrown it all on the wall, you know, and like yeah. the game is over and all the players are just like, what just happened, man? Like, are yeah. we, are we even a hockey team? Is this, right. is this even a plan? Do we have a plan besides, you know, uh, I don't know, vindictive quasi organized dictatorial chaos, you know? Well, it was, it was like the, the aim of the game had changed entirely. It was like the aim of the game had something to do with lines being in a blender. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? What does that accomplish? Like you never, well, you, you, it's know. horrible combinations. Yeah. You know, you're making smoothies with like mints and lime and uh, but it was know, as apricot the, together. That sounds pretty good actually. But it was, it was as though the Oilers coaches thought that's how you'd win the game. It was like um, the coach who did that the most won the game. Like they'd completely, they'd just gone sideways, completely sideways. The, the first time any coach displays that kind of behavior that consistently over that long a period of time, like you've got to take the keys out of their hands, you know, like they can't be trusted at that point. But you had a very immediate and visceral reaction to Dallas. Oh yeah. Games. As did, I think, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people did. I mean, I, I mean, it's I, not I, hard. I, it's not hard to pick up, you know, the way, uh, based on the way someone speaks and the way they carry themselves, it's not hard to pick up on the cut of their jib, you know, I yeah. said it before he extremely arrogant, you know, and, 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 and has a burning desire to, uh, dominate, to win, to, to be the number one in whatever way, you know, right. to the point of psychosis, to the point of he should be, you know, talking to someone and figuring out maybe why, he wants to run a marathon every summer, you know, I don't know how many of them he does, but, you know, those marathons where you run yourself to just complete exhaustion. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. He does yeah. this? Yeah, he's all he's all about extreme athletics or whatever. 
So he's actually the exception that proves the rule about like coaches being in shape. Cause like with him, it's like, he's, he's in too good of shape. He like, he, he works out too much. He's like, he's like a, you know, uh, if you were his wife or girlfriend, you might be a gym widow, you know? And like, he's going down to, again, again, he's going down to the, the barracks of whatever nearby military base, you know, putting on some fatigues and like doing push-up contests. Cause like he's watched too many movies. I mean, whatever. I don't know him as a person. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. But based on what I've perceived as a public persona, I, I'm going to speak the truth. You know, I felt that way from the beginning. And he he's going to come up later. Like, I feel as though Dark Forces, High Priest. Uh, I, 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 the reason I wanted to do talk to you tonight was I feel like there's Dark Forces really? trying to send us messages from beyond. Really. Vis-a-vis, or rather, oh, regarding um, the playoffs and the play-in series coming up. Really? Some, some wild stuff. Well, it's kind of hard to tell completely, though, because the messages changed. So I read them at first uh, a few days ago, and then I, when I reread them, the order of the messages had changed. And I was like, hmm. okay. So I made some notes, and then today I was looking at them again, and uh, the order had changed again. So this time I'm figuring now they know I'm reading, right? They knew that when I reread them because they sent me a message by changing the order this time, right? You with me? Who uh, uh, this, 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 uh, you know who I think this must be? This must be the board of directors of like the pseudo NHL, because okay. in the pseudo NHL, um, the playoffs uh, actually all already happened. I mean, it's a little complicated. Should I go into it now? I'm gonna go into it now. So all these the playoffs have already completed, but the thing is, um, Doctor Who showed up, and uh, there was a time war between uh, the Gallifreyan Time Lords and the Daleks and uh, the and universe. Dallas? Did you say Dallas? The the Dallas Daleks. In in the pseudo NHL, the 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 Dallas stars aren't the Dallas stars, they're they're the Dalek, these like evil robots from the Dalek stars. Seen, as seen in Doctor Who. The the, the, right. the Dalek stars. Terrifying, terrifying. Like basically and they, just, they, they basically they basically commit like a massacre of like the other team and every everyone in the arena every time they play, so just suck, suck people's faces off. That franchise still plays in Dallas though. They're hard on the puck, I'll tell you that. Well, it's okay. it's, it's, it's pseudo Dallas. I mean, in pseudo Dallas, right. I, I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole to be honest. Uh, okay. I've, I've already told I've already told you too much. Um, okay. I thought it was uh, public. Knowledge. Anyways, what were we talking about? Yeah, so the playoffs have happened there, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, because there was the war between the Time Lords and the Daleks, the Dallas Daleks, um, they had to destroy the universe and all, um, what's the word, uh, contigu- all, all contiguous universes um, okay. and seal it in a time lock. So we're not going to be able to know the results from the pseudo NHL playoffs until probably November of, oh, wow. of, of the year 3,572. Oh, wow. AD, okay. which is which is AD, by that point is actually for uh, after Dalek, so that's okay. that's that's post Dalek, uh, uh, so, you know, uh, ascendance. So you know. quite a ways away, quite a ways away. And are fans going to be allowed in the building to watch those games? Or um, no, no. Okay. No, no. Masks stuff like that like yeah all that stuff social distancing everything yeah yeah um huh so yeah i think i think maybe what's happening is because the the board of directors of the pseudo nhl have kind of been locked out of making any money from their playoffs right they're trying to tell us like what to bet on 
by like telling us what's going to happen or, oh, wow. or it's, either, it's either they're trying to help us make money by betting on the games or they're trying to uh, to be honest my first instinct and this is probably what it really is is they're sending us messages uh, regarding a potential uh, like uh, apocalypse uh, or a hockey apocalypse as it's called um, that's when hockey triggers a special kind of interdimensional apocalypse. It's kind of okay. the dark side of when, no, when no, players I, break on through to the other before. side and it go from the before. NHL to the pseudo NHL in the other yeah. dimension. Yeah. Um, but I think um, it'll be like uh, 67, yeah. 1967. We've been really talking a lot about you know the dark the dark arts with the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane and all that. So it's not surprising that we've we've stirred these dark forces. I'm glad you're here to work it out with me. Um, should we just should we just go right into it? Yeah. Okay, so the way they've sent me these messages, okay, is on the Handkerchief Dynasty Google Podcast page, when you look okay. at each episode, there's okay. uh, subjects that the algorithm, quote-unquote, right, quote-unquote, um, has it says, you know, says these are the topics in this episode, right? I so see where you're first, going. the last four are like, you know, they seem fine, but if we go back a Beyond that, the next episode, we've got, okay, explore topics in this episode. Back to living chiropractic. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's terrifying. Which is a chiropractor in Wellington, New Zealand. Okay. Back from the dead. He raises the, raises Back the to dead. living. Okay. Next, Sam Gagne. Again, a central figure in this saga we're coming up with. <sighs> Vancouver oh, Canucks. Okay. Now take take this. Last two topics are world, and there's just a picture of the world, and Dallas Eakins. But he's got he's he's got like it's, he's got a red jersey on. He looks young and like he's got a, there's a red background. He's like burning in flames. Okay. So <laughs> I think what they're trying to say is okay that. Uh, who okay? Who raised the dead? Jesus, right? He raised Lazarus from the dead. Jonathan Taves as well. Jonathan no, Taves. No, no, no. Well, no. I think Jonathan Taves is an apostate. So back to living chiropractic. Sam Gagne, Vancouver Canucks. So somehow Sam Gagne is going to have a part uh, in what I I think this this is this is this is you know this is saying the first this is the first line saying Dallas Eakins is threatening the world and somehow. Sam Gagne and the Vancouver Canucks are going to be involved in the world being saved, okay? Wow. Yeah. Now, the next one is just Boston and Dallas Eakins again, okay? So somehow Boston's involved. The city of Boston. Yeah. Uh, Probably has something to do with with the the marathon bombings. Could be a clue. Don't say, that. Don't say that. You're scaring it, me now. It could be a clue. Okay, hold on. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. They must. They must be able to tell that I'm anxious because this is the next line. Okay. Okay. Edmonton Oilers. Okay, so that's us and our podcast wow. and the Oilers fandom. Right. Be cool. Be cool, which looks like a movie of some kind. Okay. A 2005 comedy crime drama, two hours. John Travolta. Okay. Well, it's cool. got, no, no, it's got no, no, no. It's got uh, Uma Thurman. It must be Hollywood. Yeah, John Travolta. Some Hollywood movie, but this is a what the fuck. So maybe we got to watch that. Okay. Zach Cassian, Jujar Kara, End of Days. Okay. Robert Archibald, not Josh Archibald, but Robert Archibald, Connor McDavid, and then in the final spot, the Devil spot, 
Jeff Bezos. So Dallas Eakins and Jeff Bezos are somehow involved on the in the in an attempted end of days. But we have to be cool because we have Zach Cassian and Jujar Kara to punch them in the face if we need to. Okay. <laughs> you getting getting me? Yeah. So, so next up, we got. Let's see here. Yeah. And like, they're all hidden. Robert Archibald. Oh yeah, we need to look at we need to look at Robert Archibald. Can you Google Robert Archibald? I, I'm already trying to translate the next line here, feverishly. He's a basketball player. That's right. That's right. I remember from, now. From Scotland. That's right. A basketball player from Scotland. Interesting. Okay, so the next line is world class. Okay. Okay. New York Rangers. Okay. Fatigue factor. Oh my gosh. Edmonton Oilers, the Reset Team Corp, which is a general contractor in Markham, Ontario. They're, okay, closed, well, right, they're closed right now. They open at 9 a.m., okay? I think that's a, like a military takeover of New York City. Jesus Christ. And then the Edmonton Oilers. Uh... Somehow we, they play in New York, okay? And they because of the fatigue factor versus the New York Rangers, we reset the bracket and save New York by freeing them from the bondage of this military corporation that's taking it over. Like we're, are we like the ghostbusters? We're like the, we're like yeah. the heroes of New York. The reset team core. Oh, it's intense. It's intense. So I wonder what that Scottish basketball player has to do with it, man. <laughs> okay. Now this, this, this is where it gets, things are, things are getting pretty heated here. Okay. He could be a Highlander. He could be a Highlander. <sighs> okay. I don't even know. Honestly, I'm just too tired to even, take any more so this is the last line i'm going to translate tonight i need to like recharge my magical energies somehow okay so it's why we suck i don't know what that is oh it's a book by dennis leary okay kansas kansas city oh wow be dennis leary live calgary calgary okay specter edmonton oilers dan tenser last one quote we're in the water Wow, this is like and that, uh, and when you search that 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 it's nothing. It just Google's the words "we're in the water." It's like the Epic of Gilgamesh. It sounds like this a new. This I is like a okay. Flood myth, oh, um, a flood interesting, myth. interesting, interesting, interesting. Epic of Gilgamesh. Yes, that's that must be it. So in ancient times, back yeah, in the this age in the age of Gilgamesh and Enkidu, you know the time of the Sumerian Babylonian epics. Back then, Edmonton must have been like a a city, right? And why we suck is because Kansas City or Calgary or both. So it's Kansas City, Calgary, Spectre. So what I figure that means is Kansas City and Calgary conspired to attack um, to attack Edmonton with an army of ghosts. <laughs> okay. And Dan Tenser won the day... Okay, so Dan Tenser must have been there. So Dan Tenser's an immortal. He must be some kind of Highlander-type figure. And we're in the water. So what he did was, to stop the invasion, uh, a la Kefka in the game Final Fantasy III for the Super Nintendo, or Final Fantasy VI, if you're using the Japanese numbering. So he poisoned the river. Yeah. So he poisoned the North Saskatchewan, and that, that killed everyone, but it also forever poisoned the water in Edmonton. And it's been that way for the several thousands of years, and that's why we suck. That's true. Okay, that's true. so the water here is, is poisonous. So the key is going to be getting all the players only the finest waters. 
I think I think that's otherwise if we don't, and if Dallas Eakins is okay. So we 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 beat the New York Rangers, we beat the Bruins. How do we do that though? Because they're both in the East. Like maybe yeah. maybe we we're playing the Bruins in uh, I don't know. This, well, this is really this is really confusing, man. Um, but but I'm but I'm pretty sure, 100 percent. 110% that if Dallas Eakins attends the, the final game of the Stanley Cup Finals, Edmonton versus whoever, probably mm-hmm. Boston, then he will um, transform into Beelzebub. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there for you because I feel, you know, I, I really turn to you in times of, of this, you know? Yeah. Times, times such as this, where well, smoke I mean... so much weed that... Okay. Okay. You know, I could really break on through. Bro. It didn't really it didn't really seem divine to me, I suppose. No? Yeah, well I, I didn't say divine. I think it's I think it's the the board members of the pseudo NHL somehow trying to like tell us something, you know? Yeah. Like that they're not divine, you know, they're sentient beings just like us. I mean they they may have twelve tongues and live approximately eight to ten thousand years. Right. But they're still they're still just like us. Yeah, I'm just not sure that, like, in my position of the high priest, I'm qualified exactly to give you the sort of help you're looking for. Mm. All right. Well, I better call. Um, yeah, I talk. To I, I better. I better call uh, the asylum. Hello. You've reached the new Bedlam wrongly committed hotline. All of our operators are currently busy. Please stay on the line. Crazy. Yeah, I talked to an asylum. I was gonna that say might be, might be my I was gonna say I was gonna say professional, but no, I think I should just call call the call asylum. The, like call the asylum. What's up? Can I come? Can I come by? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I think I do think the Oilers are gonna win the Stanley Cup now. I'm convinced of that because we just have such a fucking good team. And who the fuck is gonna stop Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, and like all of our other solid players? like for five games or seven games. I just don't see it happen unless something catastrophic happens with the goaltending or like something else. But barring any kind of unforeseen catastrophe, maybe maybe, maybe Dallas Eakins will try and like assassinate one of the Oilers. Maybe it's like, like a... Maybe Manchurian it's like a, candidate? Manchurian candidate meets... Manchurian candidate meets... Um, Slapshot? The dead zone. The dead zone. It's so that was, actually, that was actually a screenplay... I wrote as a Denzel Washington vehicle as a as a sequel to his remake of Manchurian Candidate, where he meets um, Christopher Walken. We were going to CG Christopher Walken to look as young as he does in the original Dead Zone film, which is a classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I fucking love the uh, the soundtrack to that. David Cronenberg, man. Um, yeah, it did get optioned, um, but then um, the person who optioned it uh, tore it into a million shreds in front of me and told me to get out of their office. So I think wow. it's I think it's on hold. I think it's in de- what they call development hell. Yeah, yeah. Mentoring candidate meets the dead zone. Yeah, it's kind of a silly title. That was that was the title of the. That was, that was the title of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't that that was both the pitch and the title. So they'd be like, you were saying, like, uh, Denzel Washington would be the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. And the CG Christopher Walken would be playing a character named Dead Zone? No, he would just be the guy from the Dead Zone. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get he, it. And so he like, would be like instead of instead of stopping an evil president from launching uh, the yeah. missiles, a la Martin Sheen slash I don't know Donald Trump slash Kim Kim Jong Un. Um, he's in the sequel. He actually has to stop them, stop uh, Denzel from men, from doing the Manchurian Candidate thing of assassinating the president. Right. You know what I mean? So he goes around just grabbing people by the arm <laughs> to do. Uh, to do like the, his investigation, yeah. The CG, we did we did some some tests uh, some tests and it looked really bad. It kind of it kind of looked like it kind of looked like Winona Ryder, you know. Okay. It was pretty bad. Like the Christopher Walken CG looked like. Yeah, that? like like CGing current Christopher Walken to to look like like I don't know 1982 Christopher Walken. Yeah. Um, it didn't work. You're dealing with apples and oranges, really. He's just such a wonderful man, you know. He's he's he never he never stopped growing. He's like a little he's like Peter Pan, and he's all he, Christopher Walken is more Peter Pan now than ever. Were you working with the Pixar people, or who'd you who'd you get to do the CG? Um, no, it was well, it was pseudo Pixar. I mean, that's not another okay. universe. That's just um, that's what Steve Jobs created to do like his um his gray market film development. So. Through that, uh, I had uh, the film financed by various, uh, you know, um, you know, the access of evil types, you know. Yeah. People yeah. just like looking into this, you know, they're just like, you want to buy like uh, 10,000 barrels of this uh, oil? Yeah. Like, you you want to finance it, my uh, film? It sounds like it'd be a great Pixar movie. I don't know if you tried yeah. to get a hold of them, but they make. But Denzel great, Washington uh, did take out a restraining order on me, so I think the project's pretty, pretty much dead in the water. They make really great animated pictures like Toy Story 3 and Up and stuff like that. I don't know if you've seen those movies, but it sounds well, this like was, this was going to be Pixar's first live action film. They were like, they're, they're like, we've done the CG. We're bored okay. with the CG. We're going to do like a gritty, like cinema verite, like dogma style film from now yeah. on. And that, that that's that's what the Manchurian Candidate meets the Dead Zone. Um Everyone got so confused by the title because everyone everyone kind of had the same reaction you did. They were like, "Oh, that oh that's what it is. Is that the, what it is, or is that the title? Oh, that's the title. What? Very very confusing title. Yeah. I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't have stuck to my guns so much about my you know my my various types of integrity. <clears throat> okay, uh, look, if you want to just keep doing the same old thing, then maybe this idea is not for you. I for one am not going to compromise my artistic integrity right i think it really works if the name of christopher walken's care character is uh the dead zone or just dead zone i think it works really well as a title if you make that change to his character dead zone or the dead zone so it's like i mean dead zone dead zone sounds like it sounds like a wrestler maybe christopher walken is like a yeah he's like a down on his luck wrestler a la that film the wrestler yeah yeah, yeah. But he's Christopher Walken, and his name is The Dead Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 that's a whole different movie. Wow. Well, no, I think you just make. Maybe his I could write the screenplay, and then Todd Phillips could direct. His character in the movie is a wrestler, but he's still The Dead Zone. He's just now it's as though The Dead Zone from the original Dead Zone had become a wrestler as well. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it'll take some smart writing, but it's not. It's not uh it's no great leap. Doing all my I'm doing all my smart writing right here. Stream of consciousness, folks. Man, we were we're so David Letterman. 
style. At least I hope so. Um, speaking, getting back onto hockey for a second, did you hear that they basically looks like Tyler Ennis is going to resign at the end of the year for like uh, less no, than a million? Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. I feel like if there's one guy that can do a good job of getting various wingers to plug in here at reasonable yeah. prices that can overachieve, like it's Kenny Holland. And I think Tyler Ennis is, fits that exact mold. Well, um, the, yeah, but aren't don't you think there's players that like like I think players want to come to Edmonton right now too, like like crazy. Probably, yeah. Like, can you imagine if you were a hockey player right now and you were like, you were like, um, kind of there, right? Like you were you're about to play in the NHL, like you were at that stage, and there was a guy, there was a guy like Connie right now, mm. or like Drysaddle. You'd just be like, oh man, I wish I was playing with Connie. Like, it must be crazy. Just touring around, like you'd be the best, you know, you'd be mm. the best guy to to play with, just because of like he's he's the best player in the league, you know. Yeah, I mean, totally, he's the best player in like a long time, and I really I really consider his first few years even better. He's than a like superstar, Crosby. Yeah, he's you a know, superstar. He's, he's... So when the Oilers come to town, it's like a like you're playing with a superstar. You're having your professional sports experience with a like legitimate superstar which would be awesome like who wouldn't want that like if you found out you were going to edmonton you'd be like holy shit i'm going to be playing with uh connie that's crazy it's going to be yeah. a circus all the time can't wait it's got to be a lot of pressure going into a situation like that you're like oh i'm going to edmonton there's a chance you know i'm an offensive forward yeah you know, there's a decent chance they're going to try me with this guy who's just like yeah, yeah. you know just like unbelievably fast can pass unbelievably shoots unbelievably you know, unbelievable vision, unbelievable everything, you know? A super oh, and then we, then we also got this other guy who's like that, but like a little more Forsberg style of that, all those things, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's like, I don't even know, like there's no category I can put Connor McDavid into because I don't really think, I think he, he shatters the mold. But so. like Dreisaitl is like, he still seems like he, for him, it's like, he's amazing. You know, I'm starting to think he could potentially be every bit as good as Connor. Oh, um, yeah. But he... He, you know, he, he reminds you a little bit of a Kopitar or a Forsberg or something where it's just like he can just L, he just shoulder guys out, you know? Yeah. Definitely more of a sniper, too. Well, I mean, by oh only gosh. by a bit, though. Like, Connie, Connie's the kind of sniper who can fly in and just slice through six different dimensions to get to the net <laughs> and then throw some kind of crazy deke on the goalie where when he finally shoots it, it's like human eyes can't even perceive where the puck has moved to in the net, but yeah. you just see him celebrating and you see the goal light go on and you see the puck in the back of the net and you're like, I don't know how he just did those 10 to 12 things he just did to do that, but yeah, he is an unstoppable force. And I, I think he's going to be rare and to go. And it's kind of awesome that all the players have this much time to, to ramp up. Yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely, yeah. it's an interesting wrinkle. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I wonder if there's guys who like this entire time have just been like, you know, walking around their house in sweatpants and listening to like early nineties hip hop this entire time. And then like, they're like, ah, it's still two months away. Like whatever, like, like totally checked out completely. Mm. And then, you know, they're going to be like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna be like. I feel like there's gonna be like 0.5 of those guys on every team. So like for every two yeah, teams, yeah, there's exactly. gonna be one guy that just went totally Theo Peckhamed his way right off the rails, fitness and food wise or whatever, because the world was ending and he figured, you know, 
whatever, why not just eat these donuts? It's fine. Or it's just like, it's more like they're such creatures of habit, so I've been told. And then, like, when there's, like, a major interruption, it's like everything just kind of stops. Like, it's not like it ended how it usually ends. It was just, like, this crazy... It's got to be a weird thing if you're a pro athlete to have something like that detonate mm. and then like you're expected to kind of pick it back up again sort of mm. where you left off because mm. that's not how it works like that's not how no this, the season is played for it's, a reason. Kind of, it's kind of a good deal for them in a lot of ways because they kind of are getting they ended up are getting kind of like a little i mean it's not really vacation when you're trapped at home um but I don't know. They're not. They, they they didn't have to play the rest of the regular season games. I mean, I don't think I don't think the the players are actually going to end up having to take too too much of a haircut. But what's going to happen is, um, with the salary cap, it's going to be you know it's going to be at what it's at right now for a few years. Right. So they must at some point, maybe like right after the Seattle um, expansion draft, they'll do they'll let teams do like one or two compliance buyouts. In which case. I don't know. You could definitely see James Neal getting bought out. Lucic is going to get bought out too. Like those two guys, if, if that happens, both those guys are going to get bought out, and then like that'll be the last of that kind of trade. But I think Lucic's buyout is worse than ours. It's weird because like with the salary cap freezing, a compliance buyout scenario seems way more likely than before. Whereas six months ago the James Neal for Lucic trade looked really good because it protected us. It gave us some protection in the draft because um, we didn't have to, like we would have had to have used that fucking, we would have had to have protected Lucic, which would have been, oh God, that would have been so brutal. And like lose a good player because uh, Lucic had a no trade. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's, it's just so crazy because now, like we could, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say like the Lucic saga began with, you know the like shooting a hole in the side of the ship where they they gave up the Taylor Hall trade and then but they signed Lucic like the same day or some crazy shit right yeah it was so, like right around the same so time. it was like oh well if Lucic can put up points still maybe he can replace Hall and we'll still have this good defenseman or whatever and then it, it, of course that never fucking happened in like any way shape or form no and they spent so much time playing him with good players and just like destroying all those players potential to like play have have success on the ice because they just had this boat anchor of like a depressed sociopath on their on their wing, yeah. um, and it was like years of just like okay, well you know we fucking paid him so we're playing him, yeah. and it was just like I, I'm so glad, like I I, I thank this looking the stars every day that that we're we're out from under that that boat anchor of a contract, but I think I figure what's gonna happen later this summer because I think the Seattle expansion draft is supposed to be this was supposed to be this off season wasn't it or was it next year? I think it's next year. Oh, so maybe like after that, they'll be they'll be compliance by. There could actually be one at the beginning of the the next season, whenever that starts in like January or something. Um, be interesting to see. I mean, like you know, if James Neal plays really well in the playoffs, though, like which knock on wood, he would is fully capable of doing. You know, yeah, he is. I I could totally see that happening. We might just be like fuck that, like we're keeping him, and uh, yeah. He might he might end up being I mean it's weird though because like what what is his niche gonna be on the team if he stays on the team like, and he he has to play on the top line or the power play one of those yeah. two things has to happen I don't think he has to play on the top line does he or he has to play at least on the third line but he's not really a good third line player like Sheehan and Archibald are much better third line players I think yeah I would in terms put of driving him, the play yeah I don't know 
But he's just like this this scoring specialist. Yeah. Get below the hash marks. Give him the puck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Third line guy. Really good face off face. You know. Yeah, maybe like figure out. Maybe the maybe the question isn't uh, figure out what to do with Neil on the third line, but figure out what to do with the third line with Neil on it. You know what I mean? He's not fast enough to play with. uh, Sheehan and Archibald, though, on the breakouts. Like, I think, have they ever tried that combo? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's looking like a lot of people haven't slotted in on the fourth line. But it's all it's all going to change once they actually get real practices and we'll, we'll be able to see what the practice lines are. But isn't the story with James Neal? Isn't the story with James Neal like he can't exist on the fourth line? Like, that's the whole problem. He is like Indiana Jones in that way. He needs to have kind of top billing. Yeah. So, do you know like who hit the ice today? It was Chieson, Benning, Russell, Benson, and Skinner. It's like all like the bubble guys. Yeah. What are you looking at? Ever seen a kid in a bubble before? Of course I have. Come on. My cousin's in a bubble. My friend Jeffrey's uh, sister also. Bubble. You know. I got a lot of bubble experience. Come on. Like. Uh, I don't think Chieson's a bubble guy though. No, Chieson's probably gonna be in the fourth line. I think the fourth line will be something like. Uh, Shea's on Neil and like Kyra at center because I think that they played together as a on a, as a fourth line for leading up to the suspension. So if you think about that, that's actually a pretty good heavy, strong fourth line. We talked about it last episode too. I think like they they could easily turn out to be like pretty good in the playoffs. Well, don't you think like a big part of this these playoffs it's going to be like. Um, Catching the other team sleeping, like coming out, having having the most jump, like right off the hop, you know, assuming mm. that the other team's going to be super, super, super cold and like not ready to play. So you'll, you're going to want to come out like so guys like Cassian, that's the kind of guy that can really change the momentum of a game. Oh, Cassian is going to come out like a like a bat out of hell, man. Like he's yeah, a guy. Exactly. He's a guy that is gonna have no problem. I bet you he was working out like a psycho the whole time because he kind of needs to work out like a psycho to be Zach Cassian. Like, did you see the the workout routines he does where he's like, he's in Greece just like running up this like giant thing of huge stairs that like went on forever. It's like, like he's like he's like Hercules, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. It, so I think guys yeah. like that could make a huge difference. Like, does Chicago have a have a guy like that? They don't. They, they have don't. a bunch of guys with some some tight. You know, playoff experience and taste. Yeah, but they don't have like Zach. They don't have a Zach Cassian. Like nobody really has. Nobody has a Zach Cassian other than than the Oilers. Yeah. I think he could be a huge difference. That's what I'm saying. I think he could be a huge. He's a score. He's a scorer. He's a scrapper. You know. Yeah. He's he's like an an escapee. He's a beauty. Yeah. He could make a huge difference. I could see Uh a guy like that making a huge difference. So if we like, how does the bracket in the West work? Like if we. Beat. They're gonna re, they're gonna reseed after beat, every after every oh, time, okay. right? So so in the after the first round, after we beat Chicago, which I'm predicting, yeah, um, who the fuck knows? We could be playing like anybody. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. In the first round of the playoffs is, uh, it's almost like too much for me. The games being on all the time, I like. I'm kind of. I, it's almost like such a frenzy that I'm like afraid of it and can't really enjoy it every time it happens because I'm just like so many games and like everyone's like completely. Everyone f- starts freaking out immediately at the start of the playoffs in the NHL 
to like such mm-hmm. a huge extent that like every every first round playoff series feels like game seven. <laughs> well, you know, when they start game one and the intensity is so high and it's just like there's like two or three games on every night. And it's like I, I really can only watch my own team and like maintain my mental you know, health <laughs> or just maintain my mood, you know, maintain my ability. Like, and also I don't really care about the other games really. Like when it comes down to it, it's really hard for me to watch any games other than Oilers games. Oh really? And I mean, I never really, I never really pl- pledged my banner to any, any other team. Like yeah, I'm, looking, a, I'm looking at the other teams here. Fan. I mean, this is going to be like a great I, series. Uh, Pittsburgh, Montreal, like Sidney Crosby against Carey Price. It's I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think. I think I think by the end of that series, Bergevin will be so desperate that he'll he'll be out on the ice. You know, he'll be like, I'll fucking do it. Like the there's no I, I give I give I give the Canadians. And I'm sorry to say this, Canadians fans, I love you. I I don't think they have a prayer. They don't. But you Pist- know, you know what they have is Carey Price. <laughs> Let's fact check this, friends. Fact fact check, friends. You remember that show? That was a weird show. Like um, I think it was, it was from it was from East Germany, right? Circa like 1972. Yeah, and it was, uh, a little in, it was a little intrusive. It was very, it was very surveillance based. It had a very surveillance, like a lot of surveillance themes. Yeah, really, like no, no regard at all for any of the negative aspects of a, of a complete totalitarian surveillance state. You know, um, it did teach me to to report on you though, and I really apologize for the the four months you spent in a Hungarian uh, re-education camp, but. Uh, yeah. You know, together with our 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 relationship therapist, we've moved on. So sorry, sorry to even bring it up. I know, I know it's painful for you. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm only gonna pay attention. I think in the East in the first round to Pittsburgh and Montreal. I'll pay attention to. Oh, uh, I think I know how. I think I know how we're gonna end up playing New York and Boston. Oh my God, that's horrifying. Dude, do you know what this means? It means after the first round, there's gonna be like a an anarchist like an anarchist revolution in America, okay? And all the American teams are gonna be divided across new political lines. The MAGA versus uh, the Mega or something. I don't even know what the other side's gonna be called. Wow. So then, so then when when the when all the American teams break off, and it's like Mad Max style hockey in the states. Right, there'll be a, a reseeding. So there'll be a reseeding. Right. And somehow we'll end up we'll, we'll we'll end up beating New York in the first round, but because society collapses in the states, they're gonna get a buy into back into the tournament later on when I assume multiple teams are like just done away with entirely somehow. Hmm. Like um, let's see who's the risk here. Mm, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Oh my God! Mm. Well, that's terrifying. But at least we're in Canada. But seriously, though, if uh, so, we don't know who we're going to be playing eh, in the West. Well, I mean, we won't know until they reseed after the first round. Yeah, right. That's, that's crazy. It's not even the first round; it's the play-in round. Yeah. Play play-in round is such a weird-sounding term. It like sounds like something you, something a term at a daycare. It sounds like a daycare term. Okay, everyone, it's time for play-in round. And what is it? Yeah, a best a big circle. Of, a best of five. Best of five, yeah. Which is going to be pretty fucking exciting. Oh my gosh! If, if for some reason my predictions are wrong and they lose to the Chicago Blackhawks, God forbid, um, I will be really choked. 
and extremely sad for a minimum of seven to ten days, I predict. Well, just think of how, like, manic that first game is going to be. Like, it's going to be too much. Day, it's going to yeah. be too much. We have to watch it with sunglasses on. You know, and, like, the hood, the hoodie pulled on really, really tight. And, like, under a blanket. Yeah, you know, under a blanket. Ready to pull the blanket over my eyes. You know, I'm going to need something, like, some earplugs or some headphones, like, some way to, like, cover my ears so I can't hear. And then, like, about, like, 12 hours after the game's over, someone will, like, be like, Jesus Christ, are you still under there? And they'll they'll pull the blanket off and just tell me the result of the game. That's how I'm going to find out the result of game one. Well, yeah, it's gonna be crazy, and not for two months though. We really, we really need to like freeze ourselves cryogenically just to because it's, it's they, torture. They haven't even announced the date yet, right? Still, no. Like yeah. for all we know, it'll never happen at this but point. Phase two it's looking, began. It's looking like phase two began. Love today. phase two. Love phase two. Yeah. Love phase two. You gotta love phase two. Walking around naked. Isn't bomb. phase? Isn't phase two? Is that like the easiest phase? Would you say? Um. No. Well, each phase has its place, you know. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. I'd say it's like among the easiest. Let's say. I mean, it is phase two, you know. So there's a progression there, but like ultimately, you know, as as you approach the gates of each phase in your life and in the NHL playoffs, you know, you have to face. It's like it's it's like uh, you know like James was telling us. It's exactly like the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You know, right. you got to take that step forward, and sometimes even that is just too hard. But not for James Neal, and not for Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's really crazy. That's what I'm yeah. So we still don't know. Basketball's coming on July 31st. It's true, and they're playing it all at Disneyland. Is it Disneyland Disney, or Disney World? Disney World on the rides. Yeah, it's so weird, man. That's really weird. Like the last team to play competitively on the rides at Disney World were uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Harlem Globetrotters versus Wayne Gretzky's LA Kings. It was his mm. first game after the trade. It was a charity game. Ah, the 80s. Yeah. Innocence. Innocence itself. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm basically I'm, I'm trying not to think about the Chicago I, like we need to avoid thinking about the Chicago Blackhawks for another four weeks if I'm we're gonna sure. stay alive. I'm not sure. I think we have no, to think no, about them just no, not constantly. No, yeah. no, no. I'm gonna be I'm gonna go on long walks and listen to podcasts and uh, and uh, use my security blankets and my coping techniques and all my skills to try and forget that the NHL is coming back at any point. It's in spite of the fact that I read NHL news like I said like a you know crazy every single day. Maybe I have to stop doing that. Have you found that like all the news I mean the news itself is obviously tepid, but the podcasts are getting really tepid. You notice that? No, I don't know. I don't I I listen to music man. Like they're all just talking all the hockey podcasts for the most part are just talking about like random shit like movies they did they did some kind of tournament of like sandwich brackets mm. i'm, I'm like kind on, of off carbs so I, I find that a cruel joke on 1260 uh yeah yeah it was yeah, jason gregor that was pretty good yeah yeah it's pretty good maybe maybe crave a grilled a grilled cheese mm. what do i have for food i'm gonna have some milk have some cabbage 
The awesome thing about uh, trying to do the, the keto diet is it's kind of like living like a peasant in a yeah, different in a different era. You're like you buy a you buy a piece of cabbage and you like think about it all the time. You know, you're cabbage either eating is, it or thinking about it. Cabbage is pretty good. I love it. I love it. I love cabbage. I love fish. I think yeah. I love dairy too. I mean, hopefully that doesn't kill me, but if I'm not crazy, dairy and me go way back, all the way back to dairy. You know, the town of dairy. Wow. Yeah. Well. Fascinating stuff. Uh, I think we can probably leave it there, my friend, unless you wanted to uh, bring up any, any any of the items that your legal team had uh, had given you in bullet point form for this deposition. No, I, I think uh, I think I'd be wise to to leave. I'd be wise to leave. I think uh, we should stop talking now or close after the time that is now. Mm-hmm. And then cleanse, cleanse ourselves with ablutions. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you do you ablute? I'm a big fan of of cleansing ablutions. Yeah, I do do that. Yeah, yeah. we definitely we definitely need some of that. And then I'm gonna have some uh, some sacred uh, non-caffeinated tea. Maybe just try and commune That's with the tree, idea. the trees, and the night sky, and get myself back onto uh, back onto the, the the righteous path. You know, of oiler, of oiler fandom.